Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Good morning and welcome to the ProReit Second Quarter Results Conference Call. At this time, all lines have been placed on mute to prevent any background noise. Mr. James Beckerleg, President and Chief Executive Officer, and Mr. Gordon Lawler, Executive Vice President, Chief Financial Officer, and Secretary, will make a short presentation, which will be followed by a question and answer period, open exclusively to financial analysts. In order to ask a question, please press star, then the number one on your telephone keypad. If you'd like to withdraw your question, please press star, followed by two. For your convenience, the press release, along with the second quarter financial statements and management's discussion and analysis, are available at ProReit.com in the Investors section and on CDAR. Before we start, I have been asked by ProReit to read the following message regarding forward-looking statements and non-IFRS measures. ProReit's remarks today may contain forward-looking statements about its current and future plans, expectations, intentions, results, levels of activity, performance, goals or achievements, or other future events or developments. Forward-looking statements are based on information currently available to management and on estimates and assumptions made based on factors that management believes are appropriate and reasonable in the circumstances. However, there can be no assurance that such estimates and assumptions will prove to be correct. Many factors could cause actual results, levels of activity, performance, achievements, future events, or developments to differ materially from those expressed or implied by the forward-looking statements. As a result, ProReit cannot guarantee that any forward-looking statement will materialize, and you are cautioned not to place undue reliance on these forward-looking statements. For additional information on the assumptions and risk, please consult the cautionary statement regarding forward-looking statements contained in ProReit's MD&A, dated August 11, 2021, and available at www.cdar.com. Forward-looking statements represent management's expectations as of August 11, 2021, and except as may be required by law, ProReit has no intention and undertakes no obligation to update or revise any forward-looking statement, whether as a result of new information, future events, or otherwise. The discussion today will include non-IFRS financial measures. These non-IFRS measures should be considered in addition to and not as a substitute for, for or in isolation from the REIT's IFRS measures or results. For a description of these non-IFRS financial measures, please see the 2021 second quarter earnings release and MDNA, a reconciliation of non-IFRS to IFRS results as applicable may be found in the earnings release and MDNA for the second quarter of 2021. Please refer to the non-IFRS and operational key performance indicators section in the MDNA for the second quarter for additional information. I will now turn the call over to Mr. James Beckerleg. Please go ahead. Thanks very much, Colin. And uh, good, good morning, everyone, and welcome again this quarter. 
Uh, I guess while many of you may still be working uh, remotely and tuning in from home, I must say that for me, it's great to be getting back to the office gradually and I think uh, safely. As we are all together moving towards the so-called new normal, it's nice to feel the confidence of our many stakeholders now and the communities where we operate, restored after a long period of uncertainty. But it's against this backdrop that I'm pleased to report that Prory delivered what we, believe, we are very confident is a solid performance for the second quarter of 2021. Those of you following us may recall that we actively returned to growth in the first quarter of this year, and we have maintained this momentum going through the second quarter, as is reflected across our key operational and financial metrics, which were all announced in our press release yesterday evening. During the quarter, we completed the acquisition of 18 industrial properties for $133.7 million. They were financed in part from new first mortgages, which we believe history will show are carrying very attractive deal terms. We sold but one non-strategic retail property in Fredericton, New Brunswick, during the quarter for just a shade under $5 million, but still marginally above our IFRS carrying value. Therefore, on a net basis, our total portfolio is comprised of 107 properties now, covering 5.5 million square feet. The accretive acquisitions made over the last year have further diversified our tenant base, which we believe important, and increased our concentration in stronger asset classes and very desirable locations. Of special note, our exposure to the very robust industrial sector now represents 56.5% of our portfolio base rent compared to just 48.2% a year earlier, a year ago. These purchases have also increased our presence in Winnipeg and Ottawa, two markets that have shown remarkable resilience over the mid to longer term. And we now own 15 properties in Winnipeg, 10 in Ottawa, and look forward to further growth in those cities in the future. We believe both, the, uh, both of the factors, um, industrial concentration and uh, and the markets that we're in will contribute to, geographical markets we're in will contribute to improved operating results in the quarters going forward. As mentioned in our last call, during the quarter we completed the $50 million private placement with the Bragg Group of companies, which provided equity support for the transactions I've been speaking to. We welcome, we welcome them, I must say, as major new shareholders and look forward to our future um, together. On the operational front, we have consistently maintained firm rent collections um, during the pandemic, with substantially all rent collected again in this quarter. This highlights, we believe, the strength of our well-diversified tenant base across uh, all sectors of the real estate that we are invested in. Leasing activity continued to be robust in the second quarter, and our occupancy rate actually increased slightly to 98.5% at June 30th compared to 98.1% a year ago. We have renewed approximately 80% of the total square feet maturing in 2021 at positive spreads to the maturing leases of 4%. And we are actively engaged with the balance of the space in, uh, in, in real time as we speak this morning. Attention, of course, at this time of the year has already turned to 2022 renewals and many negotiations with, with, with um, maturing leaseholders are already under day, un, underway. To date, we have renewed 17% of leases maturing next year and uh, average spreads there again, a positive 3% across what we have renewed. So I'll now turn it over to Gordy and Gordy will discuss our second quarter financial results in a little more detail. 
Thank you, Jim, and good morning, everyone. We delivered a strong financial performance in the second quarter. Revenues amounted to $17.8 million down for the dollars for the quarter, a 3.2% growth compared to the same period last year. Net operating income reached $10.7 million, an increase of 9.8% compared to Q2 2020. These increases are as a result of the favorable impact of net property acquisitions in the last 12 months. We're particularly pleased with the growth achieved across our three sectors of activity, with 6.2% increase in same property net operating income compared to the prior period. Excluding COVID-related expenses of $200,000 recorded in the second quarter of 2020, same property net operating income increased 4.3%. The favorable impact reflects increased occupancy, contracted rent steps, and higher net renewal rents in our portfolio. AFFO totaled $5.7 million, a 10% increase compared to the same prior period. Due to timing, our AFFO payout ratio increased to 92.3% in the second quarter of 2021. This is because of the lag between the de- deployment of the funds from the pli- private placement and incre- incremental monthly distributions paid in the current quarter on the newly issued units from the private placement. This number is expected to stabilize in the third quarter. We continue to make meaningful strides strengthening our financial position, which is a key component of our strategy. As Jim mentioned, we closed our $50 million private placement in the quarter. We now have an excess of $20 million in operating liquidity. We've also entered into a new $24.8 million mortgage financing at a better rate and extended term for six of our retail assets, bringing the total amount of 2021 and 2022 mortgages refinanced to $50.6 million year-to-date. Our debt-to-gross book value was 58.2% at the end of the second quarter. Weighted average interest on mortgage debt was 3.5% down from 3.72% in the same quarter last year. The benefits of our financings and acquisition activity will will be more fully reflected in our third quarter results. Turning to distributions, 3.7 cents per unit were declared monthly throughout the second quarter of 2021. Our weighted average cap rate for the portfolio is approximately 6.3% and or $137 per square foot. I'll now turn it back to Jim for closing remarks. Hey, thanks for that, Gordy. Um, I'll just conclude by saying with vaccination programs progressing well across Canada and the strong restart we're seeing in the economy, uh, our business outlook at ProRead has become very positive. We believe we are poised to benefit from what is a solid position and we are staying committed to our strategic goals. These include strengthening the value of our portfolio and optimizing our debt profile, which we've spoken to um, somewhat this morning, as well as broader growth. Our current focus is mainly on the robust industrial sector and scaling up our presence in attractive, mid-sized Canadian cities. In closing, I want to extend a special thanks to uh, thank you to all of our employees. They have successfully navigated an unprecedented Unprecedented period, and I'm really truly gratified by the perseverance of the entire ProRe team. I also want to recognize, of course, my fellow board members for their continued support and counsel. And I truly look forward to seeing everyone, including the people on this call, as we gradually and safely return to the office over the next few months. We believe with the economic expansion, many new opportunities will present themselves going forward. 
motivated and committed to creating long-term value for our unit holders in this changing atmosphere. So that wraps up our formal comments, and uh, I'm glad to turn it back to the operator who can manage any questions that the analysts may have for us this morning. Thanks very much for your attention. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll now begin the question and answer session. Should you have a question, please press star, followed by one on your touch-tone phone. You'll hear a three-tone prompt acknowledging your request, and your questions will be polled in the order they are received. Should you wish to decline from the polling process, please press star, followed by two. If you're using a speakerphone, please lift the handset before pressing any keys. One moment for your first question. Okay, and your first question comes from Colin Healy from Haywood Securities. Colin, please go ahead. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Hey, morning, guys. Uh, congrats on a pretty on a solid-looking quarter. Um, I was just wondering if you can give us an idea, um, and I'm not sure if you can, um, on the Q2 kind of exit uh, run rate revenue here with the uh, 17 net new properties now fully integrated. Uh, yeah, sorry. So you're talking about the, you know what the acquisitions would be in in uh, on a go forward basis type thing. I mean, yeah, sure. That that that, the, that that would fill in that blank for sure. With the you know with the 18, I mean we've given uh, estimated cap rates and whatnot, but with the 18 acquisitions, um, you know there's it's about eight million dollars of in incremental NOI to the REIT. Um, you know, there's only about 500,000 of that reflected in this quarter. Obviously, not the new uh, interest rates, uh, the new debt is not reflected in this quarter uh, from an expense standpoint. It is from a balance sheet standpoint. So, uh, about 8 million, and then you'll see the incremental um, uh, interest rate on all this stuff is, you know, between uh, 2.87 and 3.03%. So, we're pretty happy with all of that. Okay, great. And, um, do you have any update on the uh, on the property that was acquired and designated for improvement? Um, you know, when that might be complete and hitting hitting the revenue? Uh, geez, you're you're like you're you're tough. Uh, we just closed on it May 25th, Colin. But anyway, and we had a two-year no, development plan for it. Two-year development. We had a two. Yeah, but that that said, uh, we're in. Uh, we have one RFP we're working on right now with uh, a tenant, and uh, we'll see uh, in the next little while if that comes to fruition or not. Um, it's an interesting property in that you know it's 82,000 square feet. It can be a single tenant property, um, and, and it can be split up to into you know um, 40,000 uh, square foot bays or, or actually 20,000 foot base so uh, we're running this first opportunity to ground and uh, then we'll see where that goes but uh, we're pretty confident uh, in, in this property uh, over the next couple of years for sure yeah that's great that's kind of the timeline that we had but that's good color um, I guess just last from me um, you know I'm really I'm really comfortable with the occupancy levels and it's great to see them uh, coming come even improving but uh, do you have any comment on the unoccupied space and um, kind of where is it? What is it? And uh, you know, do you, do you anticipate having that uh, that um, rented out or leased out um, at any point soon? Uh, 
Yeah, well, I mean, so, I mean, our unoccupied space of 5.5 million feet is, uh, is you know, about 80,000, I think, <laughs> square feet. So, I mean, we have ebbs and flows in, we have ebbs and flows in the, uh, you know, quarter over quarter bits and pieces there, but um, it, it's pretty fluid that way. But, you know, as you see, we've maintained, you know, basically the 92 to 90 five and a half uh sorry ninety eight point two to ninety eight and a half um go forward i mean we just purchased these industrial properties in ottawa and winnipeg they're both about ninety six ninety seven percent occupied and i think mark's got them both a hundred percent occupied now so um you know there's um it's hard to say there's significant upside when you have a ninety eight and a half percent occupancy rate that's uh but uh uh, that's a the comment there. I think we're comfortable with what's being backfilled in 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 the, the um, in the vacant space is is being rented at attractive rates and above where we would have expected them to have maybe leased up even a year ago. But uh, having said that, as Gordy said, I mean there's always some going to be some modest and, and planned vacancies because as, as we upgrade some of our tenancies in different buildings, um, you know that there can be times of a quarter or something between between tenancies. Yeah, for sure. That's the way I see it too. I just uh it's a very stable uh business and portfolio, so I'm just looking for color wherever I can get it. Um that's it for me. Thanks guys. Thanks a lot. Your next question comes from Yash St. Paul from Laurentian Bank. Yash, please go ahead. Uh good morning. 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 Uh, you were uh Compass EBITDA was down a bit this quarter. Was there anything abnormal? Uh, there's about 170,000 of, uh, of bonuses in there. Compass um, accrues their bonuses on six-month period. So uh, Q2 and uh, Q2 and Q4, uh, you'll see Compass generally down a little bit. So there's about 170,000 in there. So Compass is on target. You know, budget-wise, of about uh, just over a million, and so I, we expect uh, we'll they'll uh, they'll achieve that uh, by the end of the year. Million dollars a bit down. Uh, yeah, in okay. the third-party third-party line, yeah. Right, uh, and uh, your corporate GNA. How should we uh, model it going forward, uh, given all these acquisitions and all? Um, what is a good run rate for that figure? I think if you look the last two quarters, we've been pretty stable there. So, um, yeah, you know, if you look at that, I mean, the acquisitions didn't affect our GNA significantly. We were, had the ability to uh, take these uh, properties in with our current uh, current structure that we had. Um, you know, pro property management might have needed uh, a, a bit. Uh, of people, but that's reflected in the in the compass line. So, I I think that if you multiply that by four, it's four four to four point two million for the year. I think. Okay. And uh, just um, wanted to get a bit more color about uh, your office and uh, retail leasing. What are you hearing from your tenants? Like. Um, any any color uh, would be helpful. Our our renewal rates um, across the portfolio 
um, are, are staying very high um, in the retail and, uh, and office sectors included. Uh, we're not getting the same increases in rent maturities in, at, at the office and and uh, and retail that we are in um, in, in um, the industrial sector. But having said that, you know we've got many of our leases with rent steps and our and our um, in in place, and so we continue to see um, improve. You'll see same property um, improvements in both the um, retail and and office sector. Um, We've only had two. We've got we have um, two retail properties that we're probably having to negotiate a, a modest rent reduction reflecting the market. But they they won't. I'm just saying, giving you color in the market. They don't have any significant impact in any of the numbers you're looking at. But um, we have seen a couple of national retailers come back at us. Our okay. Yeah, go ahead. So I was just going to say our office has a pretty diversified portfolio, and we're seeing good good renewals there. And Jim, uh, if you recall, uh, in the past you had said uh, that for some time, at least, uh, you want to see the office market, uh, you know, how it uh, recovers from this uh, before you um, look at buying any office properties. Has your view changed since then? Uh, given what has happened between now and then, well, our yeah, I mean, our our view of the office market really is the, the part that's most challenged is the downtown core markets and the big cities where protocols aren't fully in place yet for the return to work, and there's still all kinds of discussion, you know, about new style of working and so on. We haven't seen that impact um, as much as our suburban office areas, and most of our from our Talking to tenants, most of our suburban office office space is back to being, you know, utilized by by, by the tenants on a fairly broad basis. Um, we, we've, for example, in, in Ottawa, we have a couple of tenancies coming up, new tenants coming in that were looking at taking less space than they originally planned, and now returned to taking the same space that they originally planned. If you know what I mean, because they're not seeing the same degradation. So, I, I guess to answer your question. We've been focused on looking at industrial opportunities, but we are looking now if we got them at the right cap rates at some office investments if they are supported by long-term leases with rent steps, with rent steps and strong covenants. So, I mean, if we see some under, you know, some very cap, attractive cap rates, we would look at those. But um, that's what all I can say. In that. Right, and uh, one last question, if I may. Um, you have had an active year uh, so far uh, in terms of acquisitions. Uh, do you have any appetite left for the rest of the year? Uh, do you think you'll do anything uh, before year end? Well, the financial dis this, um, financial description that Gordy provided would, would indicate that we have some liquidity um, for um, modest acquisitions, but we're um, we're um, uh, and we we are looking at a, a couple right now, but essentially we've invested um, the balance of the equity that we raised in the first quarter. And I guess, like all REITs, if we can find accretive opportunities, we'll look at the. We'll, we're definitely looking at them. Um, we, um, I mean, the the market went through. It seemed to us uh, in much of the second quarter, a pretty quiet period with not a lot of property 
I guess vendors were assessing the market and so on, not a lot of stuff being offered. We're seeing that change and there's a lot more attractive um, properties in the market right now, most of them being very competitively bid, but uh, yeah, we're watching it closely. That's it, Tommy. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, as one more reminder, should you have a question, please press star, followed by one. Your next question comes from Jenny Ma from BMO Capital Markets. Jenny, please go ahead. Thank you, and good morning. Hi. Um, I want to follow up on your answer about uh, a couple of national retailers who'd come to you for rent reduction. Can you share with us what the motivation for that was? Like, was it a particular type of retailer? Was it location specific? Um, and is there any read through to uh, the category or, or to the same retailer within your portfolio? I, I don't think so. Gordy can provide some more color if he likes, but in, in, I don't want to disclose the specific tenants. We only have one or two locations with each of them. Um, they would be people who are represented by national or international uh, brokerages who are m managing their, their their real estate and lease maturities on a North American-wide basis, like in, in our cases, and uh, they would just be seeing an opportunity here across the market to try and put some pressure on, on, on landlords. And uh, we happen to be in a couple of locations where we're probably going to Negotiate with them uh, to, to some degree, but I, I I don't I was just trying to give color to the market. I don't, I don't so maybe that's why you're seeking Jenny. But I, these aren't having any significant impact on us. I'm just giving some color in the market. Right. Have so, and, and just to put it in context, these are rents. You know, twenty to twenty-five dollar rents, thirty to thirty-five dollar rents, where we're talking a couple of dollars, right? We're not talking thirty going to fifteen or anything like that. So it's just it's just a typical, uh, you know, uh, taking the opportunity there to see uh, what goes on. So, I mean, the asks with us have been to between two and five dollars, which we've, you know, settled on a couple here and there. So, um, and it's it's both sides, you know, uh, uh, and still with still with rent steps. Even it's just well, we we only want to if you come with a five year lease and you only want to renew. Uh, for a year, and you say, well, you know, to get me to five, I need X. So, I mean, it's just the to and fro's in mm -hmm. that, right? So, I, I wouldn't call it systemic at all. I mean, our other retail, uh, the, the the strip malls, that type of thing, um, we're not, not seeing anything like that there at all. These are just a couple of, actually, if you will, single-tenant uh, buildings. So, that that's... that's that's more prone to happen in those situations. Okay, so is it fair, uh, and I'm not trying to get caught up on these specific um, assets, but, but is it fair to say that th this is just a, a one-off case of the tenant the pushing the landlord as opposed to them running into financial trouble and needing a bit of rent relief? Absolutely. The yeah, tenants, absolutely. As we're talking about, are much stronger than we are. <laughs> <laughs> the bank of the bank of Montreal, who is not a tenant in our building, may try to get a couple of bucks off of all of their standalone standalone uh, properties across Canada, <laughs> Jenny. <laughs> um, okay. And, and uh, I think they're good. I think they're good for the couple bucks, but they're gonna try to get it off, right? Well, you can't you can't get it if you don't ask. So uh, <laughs> that's right. 
Okay. Um, now, I had a question about sort of how you view your office portfolio, and I think you, you sort of touched on it with um, Yash's last question about still looking at office, but with it being the smallest component of the portfolio, um, is it somewhere you, where you would continue to spend the same amount of effort uh, looking to grow, or is it something that you'd be okay with, um, with shrinking as a proportion of the portfolio as you seek growth, particularly from the industrial side, or, or do you still care to maintain grow more as a you know balanced read amongst the three different asset classes? There's that's an active discussion at, at our, our board and um, the, the management in, engages with. We um, there's no doubt that we are f- more focused right now on the industrial sector because we see greater rent growth there, and so when you're underwriting the properties, um, it, it's easier to rationalize some of these lower cap rates if, if you speculate that you're getting three, four, five, six, or, or higher uh, rent increases as, as short-term leases um, mature. So that, that certainly focuses. We we haven't taken a decision that, like uh, some REITs have talked about, be, becoming exclusively, uh, I mean, we're, we're staying a diversified REIT. I think with respect to office, what I was trying to signal to Yash is we're opportunistically looking at options where if we think something is superbly attractive to us, um, we would still be looking at it. But most of our efforts are focused on the competitive industrial space. Is that clear enough? Yeah. And and Jenny, if I can give you an example, it's just about, um, you know, which is – you know, harder right now. I mean, the two portfolios we just bought in Winnipeg and uh, Ottawa, <clears throat> I mean, you've, done, you've seen the cap rates that we paid for them. I think in six months, um, when some other deals come across, you'll, you'll think that we did very well with those acquisitions. And uh, as a couple of examples, and you know, we just closed on these a couple months ago, but, you know, we had $9 rents uh, going to $11 in Ottawa. You know, we had um, several examples of that. We had some vacant space, you know, the industrial space, you know, with a new tenant coming in at $13. So um, it's just when you see those opportunities uh, for growth, at least at this time, why wouldn't you focus on that a little bit more, right? So. Right, right. Well, that's uh, that's great to hear. Um my last question is more broad-based, but, um, you know, traditionally you guys have always been very focused on the, the secondary markets and enjoyed a, a bit of a, uh, you know, a, a cap rate advantage on that front. Um, without asking you to give away any trade secrets, I'm just wondering if you're starting to see, you know, greater interest in some of these smaller markets as a result of uh, more significant compression in larger markets. Um, and, and, you know, what's the balance between getting a, a superior cap rate um, and, and having value recognized in these markets, and, and is there still much of an opportunity left um, for you guys and, and the other incumbent players? Look, the markets in in some of the larger secondary cities, I mean, and that, and that certainly includes Halifax, uh, Winnipeg, and Ottawa, where we are, have become much more competitive as well. But there are still investment spreads between those cities and the GTA, Montreal, and Vancouver, and with current mortgage rates, you know, with five and ten-year money where it is, um, we, we think that there are still opportunities in those markets, 
And there's certainly, when you underwrite the properties uh, with the kind of growth that, like Gordy was just speaking to on an example basis, uh, um, pr providing providing us comfort that um, we can see future growth. I think that there's still good opportunities, com competitive opportunities available. But that's certainly going to we're going to see that a little bit more in the quarter or two ahead. Then. Okay. Um, have you seen any spillover of new players coming into the secondary market because they've been priced out of the larger market? No. No, I, I, I think, I'm, listen, I never know exactly who bids in these pro properties, or we don't, but I, I would say that we, we, we run into new, I think, new private money. I mean, there's so much liquidity in the system, um, mm -hmm. but we're not, we're not finding, I'm just using a silly example if you're asking, but we're not finding Brookfield is leaving Toronto and coming into Halifax, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What I mean. Yeah. Okay. okay. Well, thank you very much. I'll, I'll turn it back. Thanks very much. There are no further questions at this time. Ladies and gentlemen, this concludes your conference call for today. We thank you for participating and ask that you please disconnect your lines. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.